1: A man who's about to be beheaded in prison for us to enjoy Second Timothy. You know, when we study the Word of God, always keep in mind that there were a bloodshed for the for the gospel, for the truth of the epistles. Men have died; they suffered persecution. You know, you know there's so many reasons to respect and love and cherish the Word of God. Not only because it's of God, but what the men of God had to go through. For us to study it today.
0: It was a dark, rat-infested, frigid, and terrible place. Yet Paul didn't worry or fear, nor did he wail and complain. Instead, as Paul was imprisoned for the last time in his life, he used his last moments to encourage, to teach, and to love Timothy. As Pastor Eddie will teach you today, even the worst prison couldn't erase Paul's joy and purpose. It simply increased his desire to get the gospel truth out into the world. He suffered and eventually died for the sake of the gospel, but he continued to rejoice in all God had called him to. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1 as he begins his message Greetings from
1: Paul. Would you open your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 1. We begin a new study with the book of 2 Timothy in the New Testament. We're going to read from verses 1 all the way to verse number 2. Okay, <laughs> verse 1 and 2. Hopefully, we'll finish. <laughs> Paul writes. Timothy, he says, it says, Paul, the apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, a beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, as we always do before we begin a new study of a book, we like to look at the background, the who, what, where and why of this letter. And it just gives us a bigger, a, a bigger picture for us to fully understand why this letter was written and it still survives even to this day. Almost 2,000 years. We're reading a book that was written almost 2,000 years ago but it's still powerful, it's still applicable for us today. But we need to go back 2,000 years. So we need to go back so we can get an understanding as to why the Holy Spirit had inspired the Apostle Paul to write this second letter to Timothy. And I, I, I guarantee you, you will be blessed with this study. Now, Second Timothy is not in any way Timothy Part 2, It's not Timothy part two, but is a second letter written to Timothy and written for many reasons. Even though the author is the Apostle Paul, the recipient is Timothy and the church. And even though it's still included and considered one of the pastoral epistles, the three pastoral epistles in the New Testament are 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy. That's what we're going to study. And then Titus. Lord willing, if he hasn't returned, we'll study Titus next. Now, in Timothy's first letter is different from the second letter. His first letter, if you recall, his letter was written to a young pastor, Timothy, and it was also written not to uh, Timothy as a young pastor, but it's written to the bishops, leaders, deacons, uh, men and women in the church, and how we ought to conduct ourselves in the house of the living God. First Timothy chapter three verse fifteen, and that was the theme verse for First Timothy. Now, with with Paul's second letter to Timothy, he's preparing his son in the faith. That's what he calls Timothy. It's like a son of the faith and the church to be faithful with the gospel of Jesus Christ to the end. So really, the theme of this letter is being faithful to the end. And at this time, the church is suffering great persecution, extreme persecution, even as we find throughout the history of the church. But in the early church with Rome and with Nero, They suffered quite a bit and some brutal, brutal uh, uh, persecution. So things have changed from the time when Paul wrote his first letter to Timothy. The focus was on how the church ought to conduct themselves. And after he completed that letter, things started to change around Rome. And so now Paul... He's writing to Peter again, but the message is different now. Things have changed for the church since Paul's first letter, which was written around AD 62 to AD 64. And it turned for the worse. The persecution for the church has intensified. It was around AD 64, after Paul finished writing this letter to Timothy, that the emperor of Rome is Nero Claudius Caesar Augustus Germanicus. I hope I said that right. Anyway, he was the the emperor of Rome at this time. And Nero began to persecute the Christians shortly after he ordered, he ordered the torching of his own city of Rome. He ordered the torching of his city. He, He gave the order. The city was burning. And this was according to a Roman historian, Tacitus, Um, And this burning took place for six days and six nights. So the city was being burnt. And what you see right now is the persecution of the Christians and what Nero would do with the Christians because he started to blame the Christians for the fire. He ordered the burning of his city and the burning down of wooden sticks of the of, of the poor, the stone mansions of the rich, public buildings, pagan temples and shrines were all being burnt down. And Nero blamed the Christians. And this is how he persecuted them by dipping the Christians into tar, tie them to a pall and light them up in fire and they would be burned to death. And here in this picture, because historians say that, he would ride through his garden that would be his palace and as he lights up the christians on both sides of this of his court he would go on his horse and he would be riding his horse naked and he would mock the christians at their burning to death alive and he says light up the world christian light up let your light shine mocking the scripture in which jesus said we are light in a dark world and this is what's going on in uh, during this time as Paul is now putting pen to and now writing a second letter to Timothy. And while this was taking place throughout Rome, the Apostle Paul, now he's in prison. He's in a prison in Rome, most likely by the order of Nero. The prison was tradi- or traditionally the Mamertine prison. This is the prison in which you will see, you can still go to Rome and find the prison. Th- that This is the or maybe one of the few prison cells in which uh, they would keep their prisoners. And uh, it may, even though it doesn't look good now, but it, it was, probably was worse back then. You have Roman soldiers in the second level, even outside, guarding those who were put into this cell, and this cell was a, a hole in the ground, it was a single hole, this hole uh, was, it. Uh, this, it would gave uh, this cell light and air, and all they had was a few straws for a mattress, but it was cold, it was dank, it was dark, it was, ra- it was rat infested. And you'll find later on Paul's gonna tell Timothy in this letter, hey, bring my cloak before winter, because it's cold now. Imagine later on when it when it gets colder. So here uh, in this cell, you'll find where Paul wrote 2 Timothy. He's writing this letter. It's amazing. You put God golly people in a cell and they start writing books. It's (laughs) The pastoral epistles by Paul. Uh, you put John, the beloved, you put him in an island. You tried, you know, they, the historians say that, they, that uh, Domitian want, attempted to boil John, the beloved, the disciple of Christ, wanting to boil him in a conduit of oil. It wasn't successful. So he sent him to an island of Patmos. You send him to an island of Patmos, what happened? He comes back with the book of Revelation. And that's the way God works. Because I can guarantee you, neither one of these men were concerned about their the state and where they're in. They weren't concerned the fact that they were in, wrongly in, in prison or accused of really no crime, being in abuse, and they weren't selfish thinking about themselves. They were mindful of the things of God, and they were mindful to write and, and encourage the saints. And that's exactly what Paul is going to do here with Second Timothy as he's in this cell with only a single hole with the light and air in that cell by the grace of God and inspired by the Holy spirit. We have in our laps. Second Timothy. Think about that. It took a man who's about to be beheaded in prison for us to enjoy second Timothy. You know, when we study the word of God, always keep in mind that there are bloodshed for the, for the gospel. For the truth of the epistles, men have died. They suffered persecution. You know, know, there's so many reasons to respect and love and cherish the word of God. Not only because it's of God, but what the men of God had to go through for us to study it today. It just blows me away. It just blows my mind that we're able to study this book. How often we find a book like this on a shelf we have them, so many colors, so many translations and versions, so many kinds. You know, I have one in my workshop that's waterproof. <laughs> they make one for camping, for campers. <laughs> but do we understand the purpose of this book? It's so sacred. And, but we see Paul now, he writes this letter while in prison. Mind you, he wrote Philippians while he's praying. while well, it was amazing about Philippians. Philippians is a book about joy. You want to be encouraged? Read the four chapters in Philippians. 19 reference of joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Meanwhile, he's in prison. How does a man write a book about joy when he's in prison? Only the spirit of God. Saints, we have treasure. We have something of great value on our laps. And we need to honor it and respect it. And we need to study it. It's life. So Paul writes his second letter to Timothy for three reasons. Three reasons. Number one, to encourage Timothy, you and I as well, to be faithful to the end. To be faithful to the end. Second, to encourage Timothy to remain faithful to the work of the gospel. Be faithful to the gospel. Be faithful to the Lord to the end. Be faithful to the gospel. And finally, to pass on the mantle of ministry to his son, Timothy, that is what this letter is all about. Encourage the saints to continue forward in faith in Christ Jesus, to be faithful in studying the word and teaching and sharing, preaching the word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ. But here is the mantles being passed on from the apostle Paul to his young protege, Timothy. And at this time, as Paul is writing this letter, he's, he knows that his time is at end. He knows this is it. And in fact, this is what he writes in this letter. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. Paul writes this, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I hope. We all can quote this at the end of our lives. Paul knows he's about to die. This is the end of his ministry. He's passing on the mantle of ministry to his protege, Timothy. How many of us? I don't know. I know by experience when a loved one has died at their deathbed, they give you the final instructions. I know I can say that because I've been there. Of all my siblings, I was there with my father, knowing that he was dying. And he gave me his final instructions before his death. And this is exactly what Paul is doing. He knows he's going to die. And he knows that he has to move on. But he doesn't care about himself. You're going to find this letter. He does not care about himself. He's concerned about Timothy. As a matter of fact, when he wrote his first letter, First Timothy... When he wrote that letter, he had the hopes of coming to Ephesus and visit Timothy. He said, I hope, I'm on my way, I hope to see you there in Ephesus. Things have changed. As a matter of fact, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14, he wrote this in his first letter to Timothy. These things I write to you, that though I hope to come to you shortly. This is what he wrote to Timothy in his first letter. Now he's in prison. Now he knows he's about is the end of his life. And three times in this epistle, second Timothy, uh, he encourages Timothy to come to him now to prison. Timothy chapter four, verse nine. He says, be diligent to come to me quickly. Second Timothy chapter four, verse 13. Bring my clothes that I left with Carpus at Troas when you come and the books, especially the parchments. Second Timothy chapter four, verse 21. Do your utmost to come before winter. Come to me quickly, Timothy. Time is of the essence. This is the end of my ministry. I need to pass down the mantle to you. I need to hug you. I need to pray for you. I'm not concerned about myself. I'm concerned about you, Timothy. I'm concerned about the church. I'm concerned about Calvary Chapel of Milford. And this is the letter. With that said, this letter, 2 Timothy, is called Paul's Last Will and Testament. Because this is the last book, the last epistle written by the Apostle Paul. The very last, even though you see chronologically the way the New Testament canonized, you have 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus. 2 Timothy was written right after Titus. So it's 1 Timothy, chronologically, historically, it's 1 Timothy, Titus, then 2 Timothy. If you have it in your book, just don't throw away your Bible. That's really nothing. means nothing. Okay? It's just they put it together. And so we know that the Apostle Paul, he wrote two-thirds in the New Testament, 13 total Uh, Romans, the book of Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, and Titus. And if you're of the camp that believes that the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Hebrews, it doesn't matter. We'll find out when we get to heaven. Because nobody knows who wrote the book of Hebrews. There are scholars that are divided, and there are good scholars that believe that he wrote the book of Hebrews, and there's some that do not. Okay, it doesn't matter. I think he did. If you think he did not, you're wrong. Not just kidding. It doesn't matter. When we get to heaven, we'll ask Paul. Paul, did you write Hebrews? Oy vey, you drove us crazy down there. Lord, what is going on? Nonetheless, it's a great book. So read that book as well. So 2 Timothy is the last letter book written by the apostle paul according to the fourth century church historian eusebius paul was martyred during nero's regime sometime before ad 68 and since this letter uh, was written you know just close to that death that's why they believe this is his last letter obviously the language is clear he says my time is up that's it i need you here so that's the background of this story That's the background of 2 Timothy. Now we're going to look at the who, what, where, and why. I hope you have another hour. Just kidding. That's not funny. I didn't hear people laughing. That's not funny, Pastor Eddie. I got to go eat. I love the Lord. I love the word, but you know, they're waiting for me at the diner. Anyway, let's look at the who. Who wrote this letter? Well, obviously we look at the first word. The first word, chapter 1, verse 1, the first thing we're going to see is Paul. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. There's no doubt that Paul wrote 2 Timothy. Um, There's little argument, by the way. And the reason why the name is written first is because it's written in scrolls. It, It would drive the recipient crazy if they have to scroll all the way down. Some of the scrolls are about 20 feet long. And just to find out, PS, it's me, uh, you know. So when you open up the scroll, instead of unrolling the scroll, you see it's Paul. We have we write a letter, right? Dear John, um, you cannot sing in the worship team. Love, Pastor Eddie. Just kidding. But anyway, you you see the name is at the end. But is the Apostle Paul? There is no argument. In fact, many of the early church fathers, Polycarp, uh, Justin Martyr, and Irenaeus, support that 2 Timothy, along with 1 Timothy, is that of the Apostle Paul. Ultimately, for you and I, believers in Jesus Christ, we know who wrote this book. And it's actually, Paul was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And that's one of the verses. There's going to be a lot of popular verses from Second Timothy, we read Second Timothy chapter three verses sixteen to seventeen. Paul writes this. He says, "All Scripture is given by inspiration, all, not some, not a few." And you got a lot of liberal scholars who want to rip pages off the Bible, or you have some who want to add to the Bible. He said, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God and the woman may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. And as we study the scripture, we're going to find, yes, there's no way that a man could come up with this much of intelligence and to come with these amazing words that are consistent with the other other books of the Bible. So now before the apostle Paul, a little bit about the apostle Paul before his name was Paul, uh, his name, his birth name was Saul. Uh, He was named after the the tribe. He was from the tribe of Benjamin. And one of the famous uh, leaders in the tribe of Benjamin was the first king of Israel, King Saul. And so his name was Saul, Saul of Tarsus. He was from Tarsus. But before he became an apostle, before he wrote these epistles, he was a persecutor of the church. He was a terrorist to the early church. He would persecute. As a matter of fact, he was the one holding the coats uh, as they were stoning the very first Christian martyr recorded for us in the scriptures in the book of Acts, his name is Stephen. And he went to arrest. He was on the road of Damascus. It wasn't until Acts chapter 9 when he was on the road to Damascus on his way to arrest Christians that he himself found himself arrested by Jesus Christ. Christ knocked him off the horse. It says, why are you persecuting me? And that's important. When the church is being persecuted, whether here or even in Ukraine or anywhere around the world, they're persecuting Jesus Christ. And it was then... That he followed the Lord. He became a follower of Christ. His life was changed. So he changed his name from Saul to Paul. And Paul means little. Little. In other words, he humbled himself and called himself Paul. Well, we looked at the who. There's another who. And the who is the recipient of this letter. is Obviously, is Timothy. Timotheus. He's Timothy's protege, Timotheus is how you pronounce it, but he's called the true uh, son of the faith, and we're going to find here in, in our study, he's called the, my beloved son. Timothy is the English form of Timotheus, and here's the meaning of the name Timothy, and I think it's beautiful. It's important when you name your children, don't name them just to have a cool name, okay? Name, find out the meaning of these names, Okay? I know nowadays they just name I don't know, their child. Oh, I want to name him Rubik's Cube. It just sounds cool. When COVID happened, I, there was a, in a news article that a, a couple named their child COVID. No lie, but I'm not surprised. Anyway, Timothy, his name means one who honors and worships God. That's what Timothy means. It has a good meaning. One who honors and worships God. And as you study the life of Timothy throughout the New Testament you'll find that he lived up to that name he truly was one who honored God and worshiped God I'm
2: the race.
0: Pastor Eddie Pinero has been digging into the book of 1 Timothy with us here on Running the Race there's much more to learn from this New Testament letter but our time has come to an end for today before we go we'd like to invite you to visit our website to hear more messages from Pastor Eddie. Head over to RunningTheRaceRadio.com. There, you'll also find a link to our podcast where you can subscribe to receive up-to-date messages each time they're available. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, why not come be a part of our weekly worship service? We gather each Sunday at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. for Bible study, worship, and getting to know each other better. Find more information at RunningTheRaceRadio.com. If you're in a place of blessing due to this radio ministry, and you'd like to know how you could partner with us, we'd gladly accept your support. Here's Jessica to tell you more.
2: Prayers for this ministry would be so appreciated. The opportunity for the lost to be reached over the radio is incredible. So please pray for our listening audience and that what's shared will alter people's lives forever. Another way you can support us is by prayerfully considering giving in a financial way. There's a lot of time and effort that goes into producing this program, and we're grateful for all who are willing to come alongside us to support the creation of each program. If you feel led to do this, you can find a Give tab at runningtheraceradio.com.
0: We hope you'll join us again next time, right here on Running the Race.